I'm Kat Timph. I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Harris Faulkner. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, November 22nd, 2021. I'm Trey Ingst. Chaos erupted this weekend across some European cities over new COVID-19 restrictions. It's like a war zone. We've seen um, rioters torching police cars, throwing stones at police, at ambulances, throwing fireworks at them. This is the Fox News Rundown. Evening edition. Hundreds of people clashed with police in the Dutch city of Rotterdam amid rioting about COVID-19 restrictions for unvaccinated residents. Cars were set on fire and storefronts were smashed. Several people were shot and dozens were arrested while law enforcement used water cannons and live ammunition. Other locations saw similar scenes. It's like a war zone. We've seen um, rioters torching police cars, throwing stones at police, at ambulances. For more on this story and others you might have missed over the past week, this is Fox News senior field producer Yonat Freeling. Throwing rock, uh, fireworks at them, pretty uh, unbelievable. Um, it all starts when because there's a high rise in COVID cases and the World Health Organization warns that if this will continue by March, there will be half a million death cases. Um, Austria is imposing its nationwide lockdown, the fourth one since the pandemic began last year. Um, And it is announced that mandatory vaccination will be starting in February 2022. They're hoping that the 20 days um, lockdown will facilitate people and families to celebrate Christmas together. Um, However, people um, are demonstrating against the lockdown and against the mandatory vaccination. We've seen similar things, as you mentioned, in Rotterdam and in Brussels. Um, There, there is a partial lockdown and also um, implementing the green passport, the COVID vaccination card to enter into um, restaurants bars and others, um, and the want to reinforce the mandatory mask um, rules. Um, they all oppose because they say that this is against human rights. And so the balance between human rights and protecting your and the other's health is something that is in the balance as we've witnessed all along since the pandem- pandemic began. Some of the most violent rioting took place in the Netherlands, in the city of Rotterdam. Three straight days of clashes, and it actually led the police to use live ammunition. Live ammunition because they were fearing to their life. We've seen videos of people throwing um, rocks, um, taking bicycles from the street, throwing them at the policemen. Two policemen, uh, the policemen have shot live ammunition, wounding at least two rioters, about 20 people have been arrested, and the mayor of Rotterdam called it an orgy of violence and um, has imposed um, closing down, shutting down the public transportation overnight uh, in Rotterdam, urging people to go home. Um, they truly hope that this is not going to be something that will be repeated in the coming days, but they have seen it over and over since the pandemic began. And Netherlands have very strict rules on one side, but very, very fierce uh, criticism about them. And people are using them uh, demonstration to protest that. It's um, something you don't really hear about a lot across Europe, but especially the Dutch using such heavy 
handed responses from police. So clearly the incident was significant and serious enough for law enforcement to do so. I want to get to our next topic, and that is Sudan, a story that we've covered since the coup last month. And there's been some significant developments actually over the past week in terms of what appears to be an agreement with former leadership. Yes, um, the Sudan civilian prime minister, Hamdok, is back. Uh, yesterday, the military leader, El Burham, ordered his release from house arrest when he was put there a month ago when the coup took place. The two met in public television appearance and agreed that they he that Hamdouk will be reinstated as an interim prime minister. And together, the two, Brahum and Hamdouk, met um, and held a live ceremony on the local television and agreed to end the bloodshed um, and to move forward. Um, despite this agreement, um, there's a significant outcry against this government and ex- against Hamdouk that a lot of people... Um, have been taking the streets during the ceremonial meeting and announcement uh, in capital Khartoum and other cities around across the country. And they all say that Hamdouk preferred to be a secretary of a dictator rather than um, catalyzator for change for democracy. Um, in yesterday's demonstrations, a 16-year-old boy was killed, bringing it to 41 deaths in the past week. Um, according to the agreement that they have signed, the interim government will be led by Hamdouk, but this, there are disagreement on the sharing of power between the military and the civilian parts, which are the same exact issues that um, caused the coup and led to the coup last month. The U.S. Embassy and the United States, along with UK, Norway, and the EU, issued a statement supporting the decision for um, releasing Hamdouk, but called to renew the commitment to the 2019 government and to the transition toward democracy. Um, according to NetBlock, the internet access and social media in Sudan is still restricted. It's been 28 days since the coup, and it's been going on for um, that long. We still haven't heard about any kind of release of the internet or seizing the shutdown of social media there. You've been listening to Yonat Freeling, a Fox News senior field producer. We'll be right back. It's a story that unfortunately doesn't look bright for the future because you have a civilian population that once again is caught amid these military actions and the international community doesn't really know what to do because the funds are still frozen. They don't want the money to end up in the hands of uh, military government, using the word government lightly, uh, but they also don't want to be in a situation where the people of Sudan are not able to live and operate off of international aid. Yes, and Sudan is one of the poorest country in the world. Um, they've been struggling with uh, poverty, um, poor health conditions, COVID, drought, and so on. And they've just been delisted from the terror, um, supporting terrorist group um, by the United States at the beginning of 2021. And it seems there are the sliver of hope for the people of Sudan. Um, and we will need to pay attention to what's going on there. And maybe the international community will have to stress and put further pressure on the military and on the civilian Prime Minister Hamdouk to fulfill their 
um, agreement and to transition into the democracy for the people of Sudan. They had enough of bloodshed and war indeed. It's a very important story. And I want to get to our last story this week having to do with a civilian population that is frustrated with their government, Iran. On Friday, we saw some rare protests in Iran speaking out against Iran's supreme leader, the Ayatollah Khamenei. What were these demonstrators talking about and where were they? Um, they were taking place in Isfahan, um, and thousands of Iranians, most of them are uh, farmers uh, from the rural areas, have taken to the streets of Isfahan on Friday to protest the latest water mismanagement of the Iranian government. Uh, Iran is facing severe drought in, in the past years, and um, the, the regime has altered the course of the Zayn-De River, um, causing local farmers to uh, lose their water access and drying their fields. It's not the first time that the Iranians are doing it, and uh, Iran has been facing drought for the past um, two or three years, and it doesn't seem that it's going to get better. Um, and since uh, 2019, we've seen several um, protests by environmental um, activists, um, farmers and other Iranian citizens. Um, the interesting thing is that this specific demonstration was aired on TV and um, they did not try to hide it. Uh, it's not clear why they chose this course, um, uh, but the president, Ibrahim Raisi, has met with farmers and the representative and he promised them to deal with it. Um, this is the first major uh, challenge for him. And we truly hope that uh, they will have enough water to supply for their families and to grow their own food. Iran is considered to be one of the most water-stressed countries in the world. It's a story that I think is important amid the context of current tension in the region, right? Because we have these nuclear talks a week from today in Vienna, Austria, and there's a lot of pressure right now in the Iranian regime to take action that will decrease some of the rhetoric that we've seen in the region. Do you think these protests add to that pressure on the regime right now? Definitely. And we've seen um, other protests about um, currencies and sanctions and COVID problems and the whole health care system, uh, failing health healthcare system from Iran. We um, are hearing about those um, from social media and uh, Telegram apps because of uh, the hard censorship that the Iranian regime is putting on any kind of reports on demonstration. But any kind of, you know, we have to remember that at the end of the day, despite Iran wanting to have nuclear weapon and be one of the um, strong forces here in the region, they have millions of millions of people to take care of for their daily life. And any money that is put into militarization of the region or into more research and funding of nuclear facilities is less money that is being given to the people of Iran um, that want to have their family and they want to have their daily life, education, healthcare system, food. Um, take care of the rising inflation there. So, you know, it's a combination with, of these things. Absolutely. And lastly, our good news story of the week this week. 
story about love and family, but not in a traditional way. Um, back in 2016, Wanda Donch uh, texted her grandson and invited him for a Thanksgiving dinner. He had changed his number and yet to update her. And so Jamal Hinton got the text and asked if he can still come over, even though he's not her grandson. Wanda texted him back, of course, that's what grandmas are for, feeding everyone. And ever since, and this is the sixth year, Jamal and Wanda are celebrating Thanksgiving together. Wanda grew up in a military family and said, we moved around a lot and strangers were not strangers anymore to me. Family is more than blood. Family is the people you want to be with. So Jamal Hinton and Wanda Jen Dench along with their families and loved ones, are going to celebrate Thanksgiving once again, despite them not being a blood family, but a heart family. I actually heard about this story a few years ago, so it's nice to hear that they are continuing the tradition. You're not freeling a senior Fox News field producer. Joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast, you're not. Thank you. Thank you, and happy Thanksgiving. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.